This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right. What's up, guys? My name is Kevin Pham, a student leader here at City Church U. We are going through a relationship series here uh, throughout the month of February, and Hunter thought it'd be a good idea to get some student leaders together and answer some questions about relationships. We did one last week with um, Hank and Emma and Becca, and it was super good. And so if you haven't uh, listened to that yet, please go back and listen to it. Um, and today we have Becca. Hello. Hello, Becca. And we have Noah. Hello. Who is the team captain of the third place finisher of the That's Amazing right. Races That's past right. week, right? Um, super good. Right? Shout out to Michael Notman for putting that together. Good times. Um, before we start, I just want to say again that where we use scripture, uh, we, use, we hold that to such a high standard. Um, and the highest standard, and everything else is just our opinion. So please give us grace um, if we come back next week and say that we were wrong at some things. Uh, that being said, my roommate was like listening to it. He's like, everything's good, but maybe um, there's one question we didn't answer super well. So good thing Noah's got some good stuff for us today. Now. We'll see. <laughs> um, but going back to last week, so the question is, um, how do you break into this group of girls at City Church? You used to say you're a single guy, you walk in, and there's these girls huddled up uh, shoulder to shoulder. Um, how do you break into this group when, when it's like, there's like eight of them just like looking at each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, first of all, it's just incredibly intimidating that girls do that. It's like the little cactus <laughs> yeah. like moves around together like you never can get in. Yeah, that gets um, told to stop. Yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't try. Um, yeah, I think like if you really want to ask the girl out, like I don't think it's that crazy to just go up and like break into the group like if they're not like blocking you you know like if you want to ask a girl out, go talk to them go introduce yourself um, break into the group it may help like bring a couple friends with you mm -hmm. and like trying to introduce yourself trying to get some conversation going and then obviously like y'all talked about a lot last week is like talk to the person you're interested in not just talk to the group get to know them um, and again like you can just wait until like they're separated. You can wait till like a Sunday morning, maybe when they're not like in a packed mentality. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Or when they're walking out the door, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I've, I've, I have seen some people ask girls that like right as they walk out the door. I don't know. So. If, you, if you keep your eye on that door at CCE on the way out, it happens like once a week. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like next Tuesday we're going to have to see like a whole herd of guys <laughs> oh, waiting no. at the door. <laughs> um, anyways, door. yeah, any thoughts on that, Becca? I, yeah, I just say be brave. Go go ask her or you can be single for the rest of your life. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Only two options here. <laughs> yeah, so there is that. Um, we might have to answer that next week. But anyways, all right, question four one for this week. Are dating apps ever acceptable? No. <laughs> All right. Becca um, with a hard no. I don't see 
what the point would be in using the dating apps um, that you couldn't get from like real life scenarios, if that makes sense. So I think there's just too many risks and too many ways that that can get misconstrued and um, where intentions can not be clear with dating apps and that there's just too many fine lines and boundaries that are more easily crossed with them. So I would advise against them. That's fair. I would say absolutely not if you're trying to hook up with people, right? But like, I don't know. Um, I'm not I'm not foreign by any means, but I just have, I do have godly friends um, who are on them because once you just to play devil's advocate, once you're out of college, it's hard, you know, like CCU, maybe it's really easy when you're up to 22, 23, like you have college ministry, but once you like are a young professional, it's, it's a little harder. So I understand that. Um, is it the best way? I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm cautious to say that there's just no benefit in it. Um, but I would also say that when you're on the dating apps, like what's your intention, you know, are you just trying to find the prettiest girl? Are we like when you're on dating apps, you kind of see the best picture of someone they put out there. So you really don't see the full, like a full view of them. Um, and so there's just things to be, to be careful about. Yeah. I think, um, like, is it wise? Um, probably not. Do I think it's like inherently wrong, like a dating app? I don't think so. Um, but like Kevin, you're saying, you got to remember that a lot of the dating profiles, like they're just curated, like glorified versions of yourself right. that just aren't realistic. It's like the best of the best of yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's not, not helpful when you're pursuing clarity and when trying to date someone. Um, and also just the context is wrong. Like Beck, I think you're saying like the most helpful way for Christians to pursue dating is inside of the church. And so even I think for Christians outside of the, um, like graduate out of college, like I still think there's a great, the most helpful way, most beneficial place for you to pursue dating is inside your church family. Um, and like if you're like desiring that, like you're trying to meet people, like I think the Lord will like be gracious to you and bring someone along at some point if you desire to get married. That's fair. Good stuff. Next question. What if my boyfriend slash girlfriend is not a believer, but I am? Should I stay with them? Yeah, short answer is no. Um, but I think there's it has to be a little there's a little more to it than just right. stop. Yeah. Um, first off, it, it matters where this the believer is. Is this a new convert? Um, like, I think there's some discipleship that needs to lead into this conversation. But before, like any sort of breaking up needs to happen, I think there should be a spiritual con- like spiritual conversation with the unbelieving boyfriend or girlfriend, um, and um, just to figure out wh- where they are. To I think also just to share the gospel. Um, and in that rela- relationship, the thing you should care about the most is like your boyfriend or girlfriend's um, spiritual security and eternal security more than like your momentary relational security, of course. Mm. Um, so of course there needs to be a conversation, but if the person's not a believer, scripture's clear you cannot marry that person, so you should stop. Yeah, doing. I would agree. I would say Second Corinthians six fourteen says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness and i'm not gonna like sit here and pretend i know all about like oxen and yoke and all yokes and all but i will say that like when it's preached it's like um two oxen are yoked together because they're they're the same strength and they're going in the same direction and so um if you aren't just on different spiritual maturity levels of someone you're dating that wouldn't be good and if y'all are going in separate directions in life that would be um, no good either. And then you think like, if you marry this unbeliever, um, assuming that this person you're dating is like very against Christianity and against the gospel, or are you just going to go to church on Sundays and they're not, and how are you going to raise your kids? And that just gets like 
it's just not realistic. Um, I know it's hard, but it's also just like the fact of the matter is like you have to think long term and, and not just these four years of college. Yeah. And then as a believer, if you guys do get married, um, like biblical marriage just doesn't, there isn't room for that with an unbeliever and a, and a believer. Like it just doesn't paint that picture well. And you wouldn't want, like if you're sub submissive to, if you're submitting to your husband or, you know, I guess that's speaking for a girl, but, um, like if you're submitting to your husband who is not a believer, that's just going to cause a lot of strife and it's going to hinder your relationship with God. So yeah, probably not a good idea. And then I'll just tell a quick story from Matt Chandler's book. Um, he's a pastor over in, in Dallas at the Village Church, The Mingling of Souls. Great book. I probably read it way too many times. So Noah's, Noah's laughing at me because he's probably seen that book in my hand so many times. Um, but he tells a story where he's talking to his wife, who, who he knows so well, and he's short-tempered, and he just lashes out at her. And he says something. Um, he doesn't say what it is, but he just lashes out at her and says something that hurts her because uh, he knows it'll hurt her. You know, and she looks at him, and she's crying, and she says, um, I don't know what happened, but I'm not leaving. She gives him a hug and she walks away, you know, and she's just saying like, no, this is rough, but like I'm here for the long haul because in Christian marriage, there's no um, room for divorce um, for the most part. And so I would just say if you if you're dating an unbeliever and you get married to an unbeliever and like if I'm married to an unbeliever and she says something to me that knows that's going to hurt me and just hurts me so bad, like and I'm not a believer, I just walk away, you know, and so I would say that um there's like a little safety net almost there if, if you're if you're both believers, you know, like, hey, we're in this forever. Um, but if they're not a believer, it's like, why not leave, you know? Yeah, I think maybe speak to a question you all had last week um, at some point. I think, like, it's really easy, I think, for us to say, like, never date a non-believer. Um, but for some people, like, it's really easy to justify, like, why you should. Um, I think someone who's, like, late 20s, early 30s, who've been, like, desiring relationship for so long, and they meet someone at a work event or something like that, and um, this person seems just like a, a good person, a good guy, a good girl, um, start spending time together, start start dating, um, and they, they fall in love with this person, they desire to get married to them, um, and, like, they're just justifying, 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 so um, I think sometimes it, it almost can make sense to us, like, why they... Um, why they would even want to justify it. But again, we want to go back to like, um, we cannot be unequally yoked. Um, like I think it's going to hurt your soul more than it's going to, um, be good for you. Mm. Like dating and marrying a non-believer, um, and like just trusting the Lord that he is sovereign, that he is good. And if he is not giving you a relationship, relationship, um, at this point, wherever you're at in life, like you can trust that he's still good. Like that he's for your good in that moment by not giving you marriage, even though you desire it mm. and continue waiting. And the Lord may bless you with marriage or may not. Right. Both are good. That's good. Um, next question. Is there, quote, unquote, the one? I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not the way I just um, asked it. Yeah. Um, my first thought is that when people ask this, that they're usually thinking, like, was I created for this specific person? Or, like, does God have, even, like, in a Christian context, like, does God have a specific person for me? And it's like, yes and no. Like, he knows who you are going to marry. Um, and, like, he's working in that person. And he's working in you. But it's not... He does not create you so that you can mold into fit to be with this person. Like, he creates you to glorify him and to be in a relationship with him first. And I think... I don't know where I was going with that. Um 
But yeah, I don't think that he he doesn't create us like to be with a specific person in mind. I don't believe. Um, yeah, those are all my thoughts on that. Sounds good. Yeah, um, I think like Rebecca's saying, like uh, no, like the Lord doesn't hasn't like made you to marry one person, and he hasn't like designed your other half that you have to go find and right. out in the world. Um, but also, the one the one for you is the one you marry. Yeah. That's the most helpful way I've heard it described. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think life is, like, just some, like, grand, like, quest to go find <laughs> the one that, like, the Lord's, like, laid in some some other place for you. Um, I think think of people like Elizabeth Elliot, Adoniram Judson, mm-hmm. married, married multiple times, both widowed. And, um, like, Adoniram Judson, he's a, he was a missionary, I think, the 1800s in, to, the, uh, to Burma, I believe. I think he was widowed, like, four times and remarried out in the mission field. And, like, would you say that he had four ones out there? <laughs> right. Like, I, don't, right I don't think you would say that. No. Um, but it's whoever you do marry. Like, I think the Lord is sovereign over that. Yeah, I agree. I've also heard a pastor preach on it before. Like, man, if it is true that there is the one out there, like, you better hope she's, like, around you on the same continent. You know, what if yeah. the one's, like, in Europe somewhere, you know? And I don't know what the correct math on it. But he said, like, if you had to go through every single girl and, like, talk to them for, like, a minute just to see if she was the one, It'd be 200,000 years for you to do it. So you would have to go through 200,000 years of like talking to these people to be like, oh, I hope I found the one in my one minute conversation. That's like, that's not realistic, you know? Um, And so I would say, yeah, like the one is the one you marry. And I think just like, I don't know how I'm going to describe this well, but like just the idea of like the grass is greener on the, for the next person. It's such, it's just not good. You know, like if you're dating someone, you're like, oh, but like someone else might like this song or like, might like this hobby as much as I do. Um, like, there's always going to be someone that likes that that hobby more than this girl that you're dating. You know, like, there's always going to be someone maybe better um, suited for you, but I would say that if she loves the Lord and that um, you both love the Lord and um, you just kind of got to decide, like, is this the person I'm willing to pursue marriage with and, and, like, fight through the hard times with? Yeah, I think it just leaves a lot of room for dissatisfaction to yeah. look at it that way because then you start thinking... It's just, it's, I don't think that it's the right mindset to have when you are looking for someone. Like, what does it mean to find the one? Or, like, what, are, what do you mean when you say that? Um, like, there's no two people that are going to fit together perfectly. Or, like, there's never going to be, like, this person isn't going to fulfill everything that you're wishing for and hoping for. Yeah. And there's going to be arguments. There's going to be um, hurt in relationships because we're human and we aren't perfect so to have that mentality of like you need to find the one who like completes you or that fixes you is just going to lead down a really destructive path of unsatisfaction i agree that's good i'll tell one more story i don't know how it ties in but i've heard um like maybe 200 years ago i don't know when that is 1800s sure um, that you knew a hundred people maybe throughout your life, right? And meaning like you didn't have a car, right? So you just kind of worked on a farm or whatever it may be. And like by the end of your life, you like met a hundred people. Like now we meet a hundred people in a week, maybe, you know? And so back in the day, like out of those hundred people, maybe 50 are girls and maybe 10 of those are already like married to mom. So you had 40 people to pick from for marriage kind of sorta. And you just kind of like dealt with it, you know? And like, I don't know, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but we get on Tinder, whatever the okay christian dating app is i don't really know but like you have you swipe through 40 people in a day you know what i mean but i'd say 200 years ago like they made marriage work and some would say marriage was much more better back then 
because um, they just found someone who loved the Lord and fought for fought for a good marriage. So just some thoughts there. It's good. All right, next question. Are there things I should or shouldn't talk about on a first date? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. And I think so, this yeah. is like the first few dates. So like as you're beginning to quote unquote date somebody, and by date I mean you're going out on dates. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, a lot of college age, and, and maybe this is just singles in general, but can get um, caught up on this idea of knowing a person to the full extent before they marry them, um, like or feeling like they don't know this person well enough before they marry them. And so they might, on the first few dates, start going into this extremely detailed list about their past and about their future and about what they like very intimate things that maybe should not be brought up on the first few dates so um like talking about your intimate past or your future um because you think that that's how they're going to get to know you but that's not how you get to know somebody it's not knowing how many relationships you've had in the past or what you've done in those relationships in the past or how many kids you want in the future or um, anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. about what it is, is seeing this person's character in the moment, seeing their kindness, their willingness to serve, their love for Jesus, their wittiness, their charm, their humor, Mm -hmm. their kindness. Um, That is what's going to give an informed opinion on if you want to continue seeing this person and if they are someone that you would like to eventually marry that's good know anything on first dates yeah um i think obviously like becca's saying like you don't go into all like your deepest insecurities <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. past sins the first date of course not um i always talk about when i talk to guys who i'm talking about like, going out who they're thinking about asking a girl out my always my encouragement is always on the first date like just go have fun get to know the person and to see if you want to go on another date like that's all you should think about, I think. Oh, that's good. Um, I like that. And I think I actually try for like, me and my like my my relationship now. When we first started dating. That's what we did. The first like I would say two three months was just like, hey, let's just go on dates, have fun, get to know each other, see what happens. Um, try taking some of the pressure off of like, um, how do I like I need to know all these things at this certain point and feel a certain thing in this certain criteria. Um, I just think that's not helpful. I think dating supposed to learn about the person, see if you enjoy them, respect their character kind of person you want to marry and if you have fun with them like your future spouse should be a good friend of yours and your be- should be your best friend so why not start out your relationship just getting to know each other going on dates grab coffee um hang out with your friends see what your friends think about y'all's relationship i think those all are all things you should be caring about more than getting to the deepest parts of your soul dude that's good that's why we got them on here that's good stuff <laughs> that um good. yeah i don't have much here i would say um yeah, after the first date, I, I heard someone preach on this one. Like, if you're a guy, like, leave it open-ended, right? So, and I didn't even think about this till after I listened to um, this guy preach on it. But he's like, imagine you're the guy. You're, like, driving her home. You drop her off, and you're like, hey, I had a really good time. Um, I'd love to do this again. And maybe she's thinking, oh, shoot, I didn't have a good time at all, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to do this again. But if I say, hey, I had a good time, I'd love to do this again, and she's just like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, so maybe, I don't know if either of y'all have opinions, but, a better response would be, hey, I had a really good time. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, would you like to do this again? Um, and just, like, allow her to get out of it. And I would say if you're a girl, maybe just, I know it's hard. Just be like, no, I just, <laughs> you know, like, I had a, I, I, you know, I, I, th- I know it's hard, but I think it'd be better for the guy for you to say it to his face than 
to say yes and then go home and text them after. Yeah. I think yeah. it's important to make it more of a conversation and tell yeah. someone. And, and that's from like either side, guy or girl. Instead of telling someone what to think or what to feel, I think you can be like careful to make it more of a conversation and yeah. feeling that out. I agree. Just be mindful. You know what I mean? Like don't put her in a little corner that she has to like somehow get out of. Right. I think just being open, like you're saying, and just being in the conversation of those first couple of dates, like I would say it's the guy's responsibility, like be open about like talking like, Hey, like, are you enjoying this? Like, do you enjoy spending time together? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's always helpful like to wait till like this one defined relationship conversation, <laughs> like a month in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about it. Like, Hey, do you enjoy spending time together? Like, yeah. I think that's a normal kind of checkup on those first couple of dates. Yeah. Like, are you enjoying this? For I sure. I think it's a good thing. Um, next one here in a relationship. When is the right time to t- start talking about marriage? Um, my suggestion is sometime between the first few dates and engagement. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Great answer. I agree. Love that. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's tr- it's true. It is. Um, but it is some somewhere where. I mean, the basic thing is like that you want to be married to this person, that you're starting to feel like you, you like this person, you enjoy them, um, feelings are increasing, you're knowing their character more and more. And also, I would say a really important one is how your community and your mentors, um, church community, if they're for y'all's relationship, um, like I think it's, it should be a natural like rhythm in y'all's relationship if you have been dating for a little bit amount of time, is to be around older couples, be around um, Christian friends who can speak into your relationship like, hey... Like, I see this thing or see this thing. This can be a concern. This isn't a concern. Um, and when your friends around you and your, like, mentors are like, hey, like, I think you all would do great marriage. Um, like, we have a great marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great criteria to, to kind of go off of. Like, I think you should never do anything. Like, you know, it's your own relational vacuum or just you two alone. Yeah. Um, I think you should work through things together. So somewhere between, like, dating, seriously dating, courtship, whatever you want to call it, and... Um, engagement that courtship phase whatever that looks like how long um, how you do it mm-hmm. that's kind of the phase i would encourage you to i want to know what you guys think is it concerning because i've heard people tell stories of like they met this girl and they went home to mom and was like i'm gonna marry her like first time that they met no, I think i've heard a, stories like this i mean i think okay, it's a great story on. when it works <laughs> when, when, when it works like, out is it concerning Okay, and maybe this is different. Is it concerning if a girl or a guy starts bringing up marriage for a second date? Oh, for a second date? Between the two of you. Like, first date. Oh, between the two of you? What do you think? I'll I'll say something first. Brings up marriage between the two of you, not like the idea of So, like, on the date. On the date. They're like, hey, what do you think? We're not getting married. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or just in general. Like to you, or they're like, when we yeah. get married. It's like me and this girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah. When, when we get married. When, when we get married, <laughs> what kind of, like, how many kids do you think Run. we'll have? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, when we get married. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer it first because Noah will probably have a better answer than me. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it, it, it does sound concerning. But I'll also say, like, oh man, when, as the older you get, I feel like uh, you just kind of are closer to marriage, you know, and you kind of know what you want. And if you've been friends for a while, maybe it's not great. I don't know. It still sounds kind of crazy, but I would say serious conversations earlier on. Isn't that crazy when you're not in the 18 to 22 year old range? Cause as you grow older, you kind of know what you want and she knows what she wants. And I don't know if y'all are kind of trying to move towards marriage a little quicker than as if you were 18. 
but generally, if they're talking about marriage on the second date, yeah, that, <laughs> run. <laughs> Noah? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there's a couple kind of things you have to think through. First is, um, like, you kind of talked about it last week, but when you ask someone on a date, you may not always know this person super well. So I think you do need to talk about what, like, what they, like, think about marriage on those first few dates, but that's a different conversation than, like, okay, like, what do you think about us getting married and, like, six months or something like that mm-hmm. like that's that's different than just be like hey like when like are you do you, you want to be married is that a desire you have what do you view, what are your views on marriage like do you value it i i think it's totally i think it's a good and normal thing for christians to speak on marriage to to bring up your parents talk about like how um like you've seen a good marriage and a mentor or your parents things like that i think those are all good things to do i think it can get kind of weird when you start talking about like getting married to the person you've gone a date and a half with yeah i would agree (laughs) (laughs) yeah great question i I can speak to all of that um off of all that (laughs) hard twist when is the right time to start talking about my past relationships or more personal things that need to be addressed before getting married i don't think i asked that question well so i'll ask it again when is the right time to talk about my past relationships slash more personal things um, that need to be addressed before marriage I would say um, sometime before or during the like first like actual like marriage conversation. Yeah, that's good. Um, because I think these are obviously important things that the person needs to know and consider um, before even like really start seriously considering getting engaged, things like that. Um, so again, it's kind of in that dating courtship phase in between there where you're starting to seriously consider marriage to this person. They're the point where you come and be like, hey, th- these are some things that I've done or I've experienced. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't get into like graphic detail, of course, um, but just a general knowledge to the person I think is helpful. Yeah, and in a complete honesty, I would say. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I just wouldn't want to hide anything yeah. if you're going to marry this person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. I like your comment, though, about like general knowledge, like, hey, these are things that I've experienced or like this is where I've been or whatever the situation or whatever the... Um, intimate experiences that you have to share um, whether that's about like family or trauma or relationships that it doesn't need to be the specific details um, as you're dating yeah I don't yeah yeah I think also it kind of goes a lot of these like big conversations like it should never be just being like you just sitting in your room on a Tuesday night be like you know I think I'm gonna tell my girlfriend this thing tomorrow no I think you should do it in community like you should have a mentor you're talking to about these things be like, hey, I've been dating this girl for several months now. I'm really seeing, like, I really enjoy her, really like her. I, I, I think I want to marry this girl. Um, and I have these things I've done in the past or like past relationships. How should I bring it up to her? Um, what should, like, what detail I should, um, should I bring it up, tell her, things like that? Um, I think it's the wisest way. I think the best place, obviously, is in your church. Talk to your pastor, elder, or some sort of spiritual authority in your life. Um, for most of these stages in your relationship before you like take the next step and move forward um, and ask these big questions, I'll kind of bring it up and discuss it with someone who you respect and has godly wisdom. On that topic, I would say um, that a really helpful resource that I just listened to today, a friend suggested it last night, uh, Ask Pastor John uh, podcast, and it's titled, um, Has Porn Already Broken My Future Marriage? And it's a pretty heavy title, but um, at one point he says this, and it's really helpful. He says, you have to tell um, whoever you're dating um, kind of just like whatever your past sins are, all that, um, so that you give them a choice to say, yeah, I, I want to stay or I want to go. Um, 
it would not be fair for you to hold all of that until engagement, you know, and then drop it all on them. Sure. And it's really hard for them to get out of it at that point. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say early enough so that uh, you give the other person an option to be like, I'm going to take a chance and we're going to we're going to work through this forever. Or they uh, they can say, hey, there's grace, but peace out. <laughs> yeah. But um, early enough so that you're not locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, what are healthy boundaries in a relationship? All right. Um, I think a few just kind of general things um, are like really practical of, um, I don't know, things like rather than just don't say like, okay, let's not just hang out past 12. Like maybe just don't be alone in an apartment together. Like that's never going to end well for you. Um, something helpful, I think, who is it? Ben Stewart in his books always talks about is being private and public. I think those are healthy things of rather than just trying to spend time alone in y'all's apartments, in your room, or whatever case may be, late night, things like that. Um, go to a coffee shop, um, do homework together, spend time, talk. Um, go for walks at Cascades, things like that for sure, in Tallahassee. Um, yeah, my, my general thing um, when I think about healthy boundaries is don't set it like at the line before you entered into sin. Set a couple, if you yeah. want to think of a rose back, mm-hmm. um, so not like not even enter into the room where it's possible to sin. Like, yeah. Create the boundaries where it's you can like don't even have to think about or worry about this context. You want to be whatever area that's going to help you pursue holiness the best between y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have scripture that you're pulling up? No, no, um, I don't have much on this at um, all. <laughs> yeah, but like we are instructed to flee from sin and not or free flee from temptation. So we shouldn't even really be getting to that point of being like consumed with temptation. So the boundary, like Noah said, needs to be set before you get to that point. So instead of, yeah, just being practical, like, Oh, well let's not spend like 15 minutes in the car after like we, we finish a movie or something. Right. Or just like maybe don't ride together or have someone else in the car like, why is it really worth putting yourself in that situation to mm-hmm. fall into that sin? Is it really worth risking that? But another thing um, is, like, physical boundaries are really important, but I think no one really talks about emotional boundaries That's or good. spiritual boundaries, um, which I think get crossed in Christian relationships a lot more maybe than physical boundaries do. I think it's important um, when you are dating someone um, to think about emotional boundaries, to not, um, like what we were saying, to kind of like, you don't need to talk about every little thing that you've done or that you hope for, because it's so easy for someone to become your like emotional teddy bear, kind of, and that person can so easily become your idol, and you've already made that person your husband or your God before you're yeah. in a covenant marriage with them. Yeah. And then you're overstepping all of these boundaries, and you put yourself in a really vulnerable position to get hurt, and for just like a lot of destruction to come out of that um because if you guys don't get married are you gonna are you gonna regret sharing all these things and those pieces of yourself with that other person that is now not your husband or your wife and you've shared those pieces of yourself with someone else um and then when you get married like just having that knowledge that you know you've shared those things with other people um those are just my takes on a few and then there's also like spiritual boundaries um that I feel like can be best um, 
you can get like the best advice probably from leaders in your church and mentors and things like that on how to navigate that. Yeah. I've also heard um, some people be like, yeah, like we sleep in the same bed, but like we're not tempted to like have sex or whatever. And then I would just say two things like, man, if you're really sleeping in the same bed and are not tempted, like, first of all, like, I think it's very prideful to think that like, oh, one day you couldn't slip up, you know? And then second, I would say, man, if you're really sleeping in the same bed with your girlfriend or boyfriend, like constantly and just like, yeah, we don't want to have sex. I would say, man, that's tragic. You know, that like you can sleep next to someone that you find beautiful um, and not just want to like do like great godly like marriage thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I would just say like, ah, just be careful, be careful there. Um, Following up on that, uh, how far is too far? And I don't have a great answer, so I'll start off. Um, I think that anything that primes your body for sex is is too far. Anything that gets your body going um, for sex is probably a little too far. Yeah, I think firstly thinking of this person as your friend or I know as cliche as it is, your brother or sister in Christ. Um, and obviously like you're going to be spending more time and you're going to share more things with this person than you would just another guy or girl friend. Um, but really thinking like how would others perceive like how would i how would i handle this situation with another friend kind of thing so like yeah. that's going off of like emotional and physical boundaries like you just should be very cautious of that and like i said before just don't even tiptoe the line like if you're feeling temptation that's sin in your heart like you've already gone too far um so just not tiptoeing that line and putting yourself in the best situations to not even feel that temptation yeah, I think there's lots of areas, but kind of like off the question we just talked about, it's like anywhere past the boundaries you set. Because also, like, if you set boundaries up in your life and you break the boundaries you set, I think it's a sin-breaking commitment you made. Um, so, again, anything that is sin, anything that will lead to sin, um, physically, um, emotionally, spiritually, all those things, um, those should be, like, non-starters. Um, yeah, kind of principles that I think about of, like, leave no room for sin and Mm -hmm. flee from it so whatever the context it looks like so i would say it's like too far to watch a movie at 12 p.m that's cross a lot of lines before to to get to that point you know yeah um things like that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i would just say it again like for me anything that um in your mind if you're moving towards sex you know that's probably just not a great great place to be if you're not married um so yeah um should we be in a Bible study together and studying the Word together? Probably not. But again, that mean uh, I, I want to kind of work through that a little bit. Um, I guess first off, as Christians, like we study the Bible together every Sunday corporately. That's that's okay. You you can go to the same small group, like a city group. That's okay. Like y'all can, you're allowed to do that. There's reasons why City Church has those. Um, but it's a different thing when you're sitting together, like on a Sunday evening going through Romans together. Um, I think it's unhealthy. It um, changes the relationship, and it, and the, and it you start putting roles, to giving roles to each other, and that's only meant for marriage. Mm. Um, like, I would even caution couples from um, praying together. Like, a lot of that stuff, I think praying is a very intimate thing, like you're talking to the Father. Um, the way you do that, when you do that, is, is serious, and should be something you consider. Um, that there's a, a relational like spiritual authority that can happen very easily with all those things um and like you're talking about a little bit ago with the other question is codependency is so quick to happen and um 
Christian dating relationships and any dating relationships, and it takes like a serious like protective ring of mentors and friends around you who are checking up, walking through life with you, um, never doing anything, just being by yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think that's like part of the like spiritual boundaries that I was talking about. Um, and I think with spiritual, physical, and emotional boundaries, I would just advise to have the church around you as much as you can. Like either do things corporately or wait till you get married to do those things. Um, like within the context of the church. So, um, yeah, just being wise and definitely getting other wiser leaders in the church to kind of help you navigate that. Yeah. And I know some people who their only Bible intake is with the person they're dating. You know, they're like, oh yeah, like we meet once every two days at Paper Fox and we go through James together. And I'm just like, man, if that's your only Bible intake, that is not a good place to be. Because odds are, well, that's harsh, but like you might not marry this person. If you're 18, you very might, may not like marry this person, you know? And so, man, when you, if you break up, like, are you, are you just not going to read your Bible anymore? Like, you know, I don't know. You should, you should be disciplined by yourself. Um, before any anything else here um last question here what if we have already sinned and taken it too far i would say talk to your pastor i think that really is the only advice that is worth giving from me um talk to your pastor spiritual authority um it may mean you break up may may not but that should be with your church not just y'all two deciding together you've kind of crossed the point where you can wisely do things together so you should um go to your church walk through things together um yeah yeah that's good um just knowing that like one repent obviously um but also knowing that there's like grace and forgiveness and not um you know harboring the shame around that and in that shame not going to the people in your church um and like i said before everything that you do and like as you're dating someone you are still single um so you don't need to with this other person you aren't making all of these decisions together because all of your decisions affect the church and they affect the body of christ as a whole so you need to be in communion and in community and in communication with the church because it's affecting the entire uh, body yeah, I don't want to be the ones to end this. So someone else, after what I say, say something. Um, I would just say it is never too late uh, to start living a holy life um, in accordance with God's will. So even if you messed up, I think there's grace and um, like the past doesn't have to define the future. And there are consequences to the past. But I think um, that you can live a holy life now and, and understanding that like, man, a holy life uh, is for my good. You know, like God is not keeping us from sin because he doesn't want us to have fun. Um, the fun is in a truly holy life and in a godly marriage. And so... Um, so yeah yeah I was just I was thinking of these verses when I was thinking about this question um, just in 1 John 1 John 1 9 to start off with is if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then moving on chapter 2 verse 1 my little children I'm writing these things to you so that you, you may not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous so back to like you are saying the first thing you need to do obviously is repent of your sin and we like we have the promise in scripture that he is faithful and just to forgive us and like it's a promise and in the moment of our sin we have if we're in christ like we have christ the advocate on at the throne room um like crying for our good um but in that after that repentance and um 
there has to be some sort of change going to the church, walking through things together for your personal good and your personal holiness and for your personal joy and also for the um, good of your future marriage as well yeah. with that person or whoever else you do marry. That's good stuff. Cool. We're in the there. If you have any questions, you should come to CCU on Tuesday. And I'm pretty sure if you get a little pamphlet thing, you can text them in because I think they're doing a Q&A at yes. the end of cool. the uh, relationship series. So um, definitely do that. Again, please give us grace in areas where you might not agree. Maybe we'll come back next week and change our mind on some stuff. But anyways, good stuff. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the For the Campus podcast. If this podcast was helpful for you, please take time to share it with others. Also, feel free to reach out to us online. Have a great day.